Welcome to CLCC Online. We pray that this message draws you towards Jesus and strengthens your walk with Him. We believe that we were meant to do life in community. So if you live in the Fraser Valley area, we would love to get you connected into the family. Find everything you need at clcc.ca. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. Thank you for welcoming us into your home and a special shout out to Aldergrove CLCC. I trust you're having a wonderful Sunday. Well, we're beginning a brand new series this week for our church-wide initiative. Our church-wide initiative is a time when uh, all of the departments of our church, from the youngest child to the uh, legacy builders, we're all looking at the same themes for about six or seven weeks. And this year, our theme is Take Heart, Considering Those Factors That Can Take You Out. Well, the human heart is about the size of your fist. Do you know that it beats 115,000 times a day and that it pumps about 2,000 gallons of blood a day? Wow, that's, that's incredible. It is, it is the strongest muscle in our bodies. And uh, as we all know, it is incredibly important to us. But we're not talking about the physical heart in this series. Instead, we're talking about our spiritual hearts. And so we're going to be looking at that, and today I want to talk about watching over our hearts. The text that we're going to look at from Matthew chapter 15, in that text that Jesus has had a major clash with Jewish leaders, and it's over washing hands before meals. Now, some of you parents out there have had clashes with your kids over washing hands before their meals, but this wasn't about hygiene. It wasn't about COVID or anything like that, uh, but this was a really big deal to the Jewish people. You see, for them, it was about fellowship with God. It was about trying to remain clean from the contamination of the world around them, and uh, for them, appearances were their priority. And I think sometimes, in our, even in our culture, our appearances can be more important than the condition of our heart. When how you appear on Facebook or on social media or in your selfies is more important than how your heart is, then, well, I think we'd be in trouble. And so Jesus is having a confrontation with the Jewish people because uh, they came to him and said, your disciples should be washing their hands before they eat, and you're not doing it. Why aren't you doing it? Uh, you see, the Jewish people in order to feel acceptable to God, really were concerned about what they ate and what they drank and what they touched. In, in fact, if they touched anything that had been uh, touched by someone who wasn't completely, authentically, uh, had gone through the rituals of cleansing, then they could be contaminated. In other words, they thought the contamination was contagious. In fact, if a Gentile walked down the road and a Jew walked down the same road and stepped in his footprints, that would contaminate the Jew and he'd have to be cleansed. So don't eat certain food, don't touch certain things, don't touch certain people. In fact, don't even touch things that other people have touched that might be contaminated. And so this, this became a huge and onerous burden for them they were always watching, they were always concerned, and they believed that unless they watched these things, uh, they were not acceptable to God, that they had somehow become out of fellowship with God. And Jesus confronts them and says, well, you're so concerned about all of these laws and stretching them to the nth degree, uh, you ignore the Ten Commandments, 
in order to uh, do what you want to do. And he uses an example. Uh, Jewish folks were responsible to look after their parents. In fact, this was the, comes from the fifth commandment, honor your father and mother. What some of the Pharisees were doing is that they were making a vow that their material wealth would be dedicated to the temple. It didn't mean it was going to the temple. It just meant that it was dedicated to the temple, and they could use it as they saw fit. And by so doing, they would say to their parents, we don't have to look after your retirement. We don't have to look after you in your old age because our wealth is dedicated to the temple. And Jesus calls them out on it and says, you're ignoring a commandment for your rules. He says, that's not making you clean at all. So here we pick up our text in chapter 15, verse 10. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They're blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Well, let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us understand what Jesus was talking about. I pray that you would take care to watch over our spiritual hearts. We realize, Lord, that there are issues that can affect our hearts that, that could really be detrimental to our lives. And, and it's about uh, being pleasing to you and having fellowship with you. And, and, and Lord, I pray that while we do care about the things on the outside, we do care about the state of the world, we do care about the contamination that's in the world around us, we really know that the most important things we need to worry about are the things in our own hearts. So we pray that you would help us to examine our hearts, to know our hearts, to make sure our hearts are pure. In your name, amen. So the first question I want to think about is, what did Jesus mean by heart? I think he means that part of us that allows us to laugh and love and fear and experience life. And, and it's that part of us that's fragile, that, that, that part of us that can become embittered. You know, if you had a few bad experiences with people, your, your heart can become embittered. It's the part of us that can become insensitive and, and calloused, perhaps, to, to uh, the experiences around us. It, it can be really hurt and wounded and damaged. Uh, similar to our physical heart, our spiritual heart uh, is quite sensitive and, and can be quite damaged from experiences and by what we put into it. Our life experiences can really change it. Have you ever noticed how children's hearts are, are so vulnerable and how uh, they're not very good at hiding what's in their heart. I mean, they just express what's on their heart, whether it's joy or sorrow or, or whatever, and their hearts can be so easily hurt. Our words and our deeds reflect the condition of our hearts. That's what Jesus is saying. What comes out of us, what comes out of our mouths, what we do um, can really reflect that there's a heart problem, and that heart problem can take us out. 
Now, we can fake it for a while, and I think that we can become far better at controlling our behavior than the condition of our hearts. You know, uh, we could be feeling some really rough things inside and act as if everything is fine. Now, children can't do that. Children just express what's on their hearts. But, but I think over time, because of life and stresses and hurts and everything, we learn to conform our behavior to acceptable norms so that we don't act like children and expose our heart every time something comes our way. But the heart is somewhat like a volcano. Uh, it can rumble away down there under the surface, and all of a sudden, uh, almost uh, unexplicably, it can erupt. And, and I'm sure you've caught yourself with this. You're in a conversation with something, and, and something just pops out. Some, some, something sometimes maybe that's unkind or cruel or, or not thoughtful, and you think to yourself, where did that come from? I don't usually say those kinds of things, but man, there was something going on. I just said it. And this is from the heart, and this is what the heart does. The heart can't be kept completely under wraps. It will reveal itself in our behaviors, in our words. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. You know, our hearts can be sick, and we don't know it. Recently, I lost a couple of cousins to heart attacks, and they had no idea that they had heart disease. And, and this is often the case. People who die of heart attacks, many of them don't even know that they've had heart disease, and all of a sudden they have a massive heart attack and die. You know that our spiritual heart can be similar. It can be sick, and we may not even know it. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? But you know there's hope in the gospel. And the gospel promise goes way back to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36, verse 26. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. What a wonderful promise that God can give us a new heart. God can repair our spiritual hearts. No matter how wounded we have, may have been, no matter what experiences uh, we have gone through, no matter how we have uh, spent years covering up the, the uh, woundedness of our heart, it doesn't need to take us out. The Holy Spirit is able to heal us and bring us a new heart, repair our damaged hearts. Well, our text is a game changer. We see in the text two radically different views about what it takes in order to be acceptable to God, in order to be in fellowship with God. And in Mark's gospel, Mark notes this when he's telling a very similar story where Jesus is talking about the very same things. In chapter 7, verse 19, Mark says, by saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. Now keep in mind that Mark is not writing his gospel as the story unfolds. He's writing it some years later. He's writing it after Peter in the book of Acts has had that experience, that vision from God to tell him that everything was clean and he could eat anything. And the church went through that revolution where they came to understand they didn't have to follow the old Jewish laws. And so after the fact, Mark is thinking about this experience with Jesus and he adds kind of a narrator's comment to, to the story. And he says, 
ah, there it is. That's where Jesus was saying that all foods are clean. Now it makes sense to us in light of Peter's experience with the vision and with the light of what, what the Apostle Paul has taught and all of those things that we've been learning about what it really means to be clean. You see, fellowship with God is not interrupted by what's out there in the big bad world. Now, there's no doubt that we live in a bad world. There's no doubt that there are things going on in our culture that seem dangerous and seem harmful to us. But you know what? They're not the things that can take us out. The things that can take us out, the things that can really harm us are the things in our heart. And that's what Jesus is saying. Watch out. By sin, evil thoughts, murder, adultery, that's verse 19 of our text. All of these things originate in our heart. So you don't have to look very far to see the real problem. <laughs> the problem is us. It reminds me of the story of G.K. Chesterton. G.K. Chesterton in the early 1900s was a very famous journalist, uh, publisher, uh, author, um, debater. Uh, as a Christian, he would take on atheists and, and he was a, a very humorous kind of guy, and, but very bright. And uh, uh, there was a, a newspaper that was asking for articles about what was wrong with the world today. This is the early 1900s. And uh, several of the scholars of the day, of the luminaries of the day, were writing long articles about what they thought was wrong with the world in the early 1900s. And G.K. Chesterton was asked to submit his understanding of what was wrong with the world today. And, and he wrote something like this. Uh, Dear editor, regarding your article, what is wrong with the world today? I am. Yours truly, G.K. Chesterton. <laughs> See, he realized the real problem is in us. It's not in the world. The real problem is our heart condition. See, this is one of the most revolutionary things that Jesus said. Uh, for the Jews, it was, it was so radical, they, they couldn't accept it. In fact, even today, Jews believe in this uh, uh, contamination idea that they can be contaminated by the things they eat, the things they touch. During the Maccabean Revolution, which is about 167 to 160 before Christ, the Jews were overrun by the Syrian king Antiochus Epiphanes. Antiochus Epiphanes destroyed the temple. In fact, he rode his horse right into the holiest place. And he took it in his head that he wanted to destroy the Jewish religion. And so he created a law that all the people in the empire, this was uh, the Syrian empire at that time, had to eat pork, which was anathema to the Jews. And so he forced Jews to eat pork. He would either torture them until they did it, or he would put them to death. So many, many Jews, 160 years before Christ, were tortured to death because they wouldn't eat pork. And so uh, this meant a lot to them. This was a big deal to them. And so when Jesus is declaring everything clean, when Jesus is saying it's not those things outside that could pollute us, that, that was a game changer. That was a revolutionary thing for Jesus to say. Well, in this church-wide initiative series over the next several weeks, we are going to be considering several heart conditions, several diseases that could take us out. We're going to talk about guilt, anger, Greed, jealousy, and fear. These are all heart diseases that have a sneaky effect on our relationship with God and in our relationships with others. 
And if you want to see more about this or read more about this, Andy Stanley's book, Enemies of the Heart, is a, is a great place to start, and it has uh, loosely helped us uh, with this series. So, if we are to watch our hearts, if they can be damaged by sin, if they can be the source of sin, which damages us in our relationships with God and others, what should we do about it? Well, I think the place to start is to pray with King David. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. If you remember that psalm, David begins the psalm with saying, you have searched me, O Lord. You know my going out and my coming in. You know my thoughts from afar. And just as he has searched us, our prayer needs to continually to be, Lord, continue to search my heart. Reveal those things deep inside of me that, that are really like diseases that I need to deal with in order to have a good relationship with you and a good relationship with others. Did you know that your spiritual heart leaks? <laughs> You have to keep it full of good things because over time, good things leak out of your heart. If it's full of bad things, it will spill out. Now, I've often said that whatever your heart is full of will spill out when you bump into somebody. What we want to make sure of is that our heart is full and that our heart is full of good things and that we don't harbor anger or fear or jealousy or any of those things that we're talking about in this series. So make sure you fill your heart. Philippians 3.8 comes to mind. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word for us today and for the encouragement to be careful about what's in our hearts. We recognize that we live in a, a world that, uh, well, has all kinds of things going on that, that uh, are evil, uh, could harm, could contaminate. But we recognize that the real problem is not out there, it's in us. And Lord, I, I pray that you would, by the power of your spirit, that you would help us to keep clean, pure hearts that would honestly and openly listen to your spirit, respond to your word, to make sure that from inside of us does not come those things that would harm others and harm our relationship with you. Thank you for the power of your spirit who is constantly at work with us so that we pray together that you would search our hearts, see if there be any wicked ways in us and lead us to the way everlasting. In your name we pray, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. If you are looking to get connected, we are one church in multiple locations. Our Aldergrove campus meets at Parkside Elementary School Sundays at 1030. Our Abbotsford campus has three services each Sunday, 830, 10, and 1130. We would love to see you at one of our in-person gatherings. If you would like to financially support us, you can always give at cscca slash give. See you later.